1: here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. Simon in the handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20.
2: Simon and on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers and the streak is going to end here tonight.
1: Snap on target to Nick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam. 45 midfield, 45-40, he's got a chance to go. 20-15, 10-5.
0: <clears throat> Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach How you doing, Beech? I'm doing good, Billy. What are you up to tonight? Well, just watch the brand new Star Wars Episode 7 trailer.
1: It's a freaking phenomenal. Incredible.
0: And uh bought tickets, so you and I are gonna go see the movie midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning.
1: I'm stoked. Didn't we see episode three, the midnight showing down in yes, Anaheim, at Disney World. Yes.
0: Or Disneyland, yes.
1: Yeah, God, how many years ago was that? Two thousand
0: and five. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Holy crap! Yep. And I'm excited because this will be the first Star Wars movie the boys get to watch, you know, opening weekend in the theater. Yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting. Are they? Are, are they stoked? Yeah, they are. We've got. I've got tickets to go see with you Friday morning, Thursday night, and the tickets to go see it with them on Sunday in IMAX 3D. Just because we want to go do that. Sweet. Anyways, I heard uh, Di- Disney World's putting on a special
1: event where if you go there, they'll actually open up uh, the Hollywood Studios for you after the game after the uh, show. Yeah, I,
0: I heard that. I didn't look into all the details. Yeah, I, I heard they're doing something. That's cool. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Anyway, all right. Well.
0: Where, where are we at? Well, Millie. the purpose of illegal participation <laughs> is for us to spread our inside experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk some Beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Beach today is episode number sixty-six, season four, episode we're at eight,
1: episode 60, sixty-six. Episode sixty-six, and Star Wars is only up to episode seven. We kick their ass.
0: So, beach today on the show, <laughs> we're going to have a little listener feedback. We'll go over some Beaver sports news. I think we might have an update from Eugene. A little bit of one, yeah. yeah. Uh, We'll go under further review for week 7 in the Pac-12. We'll have a Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week handout. We'll preview the week 8 upcoming games. Uh, We will talk a little bit about the upcoming Heinrich Tailgater for the Colorado game this next weekend. And then I think you'll top it all off with a little Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. Am I correct? Yep. Cool. Alright, well I just want to remind everybody you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app you can also subscribe to us on iTunes remember if you want to get in touch with us there's a couple different ways first of all you can send us an email HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com you can follow me on Twitter just look for at Heinrich Tailgater, and also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook alright Beach, first up is some listener feedback and you sound excited. Who wrote to us? Well, first, we got we've got I I am I'm, I uh, we've got
1: I'm I'm a little titillated <laughs> right here. Don't
0: do that. It's gross. I don't want to think about that. All right. First up is listener Doug, and he writes I forgot I said I was going to send you an email on this, but the latest illegal participation reminded me. Beech says that the win loss records should not contain three numbers. Last year, the Cincinnati Bengals finished their NFL season with a 10-5-1 record. The Carolina Panthers finished 7-8-1. If three-number win-loss records indicate that an activity is not a sport, then the NFL is not a sport.
1: I'm not a fan of NFL yeah, I said I'm
0: okay with this, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't watch a lot of NFL. Either. <laughs> I, 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 I,
1: Yeah, I, I think NFL is overrated with a bunch of prima I, donnas.
0: I, I subject... My wife and kids do so much football on Saturdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays sometime that I don't really watch much football on on uh, Sundays. But uh, that being I, said, I, the NFL I, I at least know. attempts to end the game without a, a tie. Ties are few and far between yeah. in football. They're all the time in soccer.
1: I, I like uh, – I'm a big fan of the Kansas plan. I don't know why they don't implement something like that in pro football because the way it works now, the team that gets the, the ball first is typically going to win the overtime.
0: But they've changed that, beach.
1: Oh, yeah, have they? Well, so see, that shows you how long I've been since I've watched well, pro but football. But they've
0: changed it so if the team that wins the kickoff goes down and kicks a field goal or something, then the other team still has a shot at it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a little more. It's a little more. I'll have to look it up for you for next week. But it's a little more. A uh, little more than that. But yeah, if the other team kicks a field goal and scores real quick, then the other team still gets a chance.
1: Well, I am a big fan of Kansas plan. I just think it uh, it makes both teams, you know, as fair as possible. Yeah, I agree going into overtime and, and everybody gets an opportunity and then I even like it when it goes to what is the third third overtime you have to go for yeah. two if if touchdowns are scored
0: yeah. I like that but idea. I also think too with the new NFL um, point after touchdown rules that that might that mm-hmm. might also alleviate some ties anyways hmm. all right uh, we also got an email from listener Dano Ooh, Dano. Now, Dano writes, first off, apologies about moving before the start of the season and not being able to attend one last tailgatering game. The Pac 12 network isn't necessarily in high demand down here. Many of the sports bars, so access to watching the games has been a bit rough. It's not, they don't have the, he moved on to Texas. And so there's not a lot of Pac 12 network down there.
1: You, you, you get you get Texas in Texas, isn't Pretty that what they yeah. play?
0: But the ones I've caught, the future's bright, and looking forward to what Coach Anderson has in store for the team. So the reason for the email. I spent last Saturday up in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl for the annual Red River Shootout at the Texas State Fair between Texas and Oklahoma. After the game, my dad was almost in tears as the band played and players sang The Eyes of Texas after the Longhorns' upset win over 10th-ranked Oklahoma. On the drive home, he claimed it was far and away the best football game he's ever been to, which of course got me thinking about my list. I've been fortunate enough to see some big games in my life that don't include the OSU Beavers. Growing up in Colorado, I've seen the Broncos on Monday Night Football in two feet of snow and been to AFC Championship games. My last game I attended was Tim Tebow's first home miraculous comeback during their 2000. season to which my wife at the time finally understood my desire to move back to Denver for eight Sundays a year. This Texas-Oklahoma game ranks right up there and quite possibly tops them all in terms of non-Beaver football games attended. The pageantry, passion, and both the love-hate is something not witnessed on the left coast, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, but I digress. I'm acclimating myself into becoming a Longhorn fan as Austin is my new hometown, but I also understand this that as an outsider looking in, they are the closest thing to the Ducks of Texas as the state has. Question for you. What is the best non-Beaver football game you've attended, and what made it great? Not sure that this is something you've discussed before and realize that I'm a couple of weeks late in getting this in during a bye week. Miss you guys and hope to see you next year at Civil War 2016 Dano, a.k.a. your only podcast subscriber with a 78746 zip code. So Beach, what would you? Call oh, we should we should we
1: should Dano just made me think we should like somehow get a map where people could like send us their yeah. zip codes and then we can like figure out how far we, we oh, travel. There you go.
0: We should do that. People, yeah. First of all, if you uh, do listen to the show, email us. Let us know where you're listening at. Give us your zip code. What what city you're in? What state?
1: Or what country? Especially if you're outside of especially if you're outside of yeah. Oregon.
0: Um. But so Beach, there's another question. What is the best non Beaver football game you've attended, and what made it great?
1: I have not attended a lot of non-Beaver football games. I'm trying to think of ones that I've attended. Um, I mean, most Saturdays I'm at a Beaver game. So when, when have we not attended? Have we ever attended a non-Beaver game together, Billy?
0: I, I don't believe so. Um, I've never been to many. I think I've only ever been to one NFL game. And that was up in Seattle when they sucked. And I, I don't mm-hmm. like the Seahawks to this day, but so I you know, I haven't been to a lot. I mean, for me, probably the best non beaver game, and not because of the game itself, but just because of being there, was a couple years ago when I went and saw that game at Nebraska. And just being yeah, there for yeah. the pomp and circumstance of football in Nebraska and and just being there around those fans. It was, you know, that was one of the best Non Beaver football experiences of my life, but you know during yeah. the football season, I'm going to all the Beaver games.
1: Yeah, I know that's I I'm and I can't even I'm trying to think if I've even ever been to an NFL game because I've never I don't think I've ever seen the Seahawks. Yeah. And uh, God dang, nothing is coming to mind. I'm like I'm sure there's like maybe one or two we went to, mm-hmm. but nothing's coming to mind. I'll have to say as far as the Beaver games go. Um, looking back at all the games I've seen, my I think just because I was old enough to appreciate it, um how big it was was that game down at Cal, however many years ago that 2007
0: was. Two thousand seven we were down. Where uh, when Cal was gonna yeah, number one.
1: Yeah, for the last half of the game up until the final play, they were uh, number one in the country. Yeah. And I remember that, that goal line stand that we had. Mm-hmm that our defense just held them on like the three or five yard line. Oh my God. I was screaming. I was hoarse after that game. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was a great. Um, yeah. I don't know if any game will ever top that. Just simply for the fact that we're sitting there. We, we're right down there. We get to see the goal line stand. The Beavers were playing solid. And and I, I'll never forget you sitting there, arms crossed, looking at it. They're going, um, Cal was going for it to, uh, to try to win the game. And it was third down and you cross your arms and you're like I'd kick it. I'd kick it. They should kick it. And I said, "Why? They still got two plays left." And you're like, "They don't have enough time. They're going to run out of time. They're at home. They take they should take the points. Take it in overtime." And, and sure, they hell, have they have a freshman right.
0: quarterback and it's for the start. <laughs> and it was yeah. funny because there was players players families in front of us going like well, you're an idiot why the hell would you kick it run one more play you've got you know you've got the time to run one more play and i'm like i wouldn't do it go to overtime it's just not a smart play. And, and
1: ultimately he and, and ultimately he didn't have the time to run one more play they ran yeah, out yeah. So,
0: so but anyways so anyway uh,
1: so so sorry sorry dano I, I feel like a failure because i've just never gone outside of uh, oregon state football yeah
0: i haven't been to either so anyone out there um, if you've got any non Beaver games that just stand out in your mind that you attended, write us in. Let us know. All right, Beach, ready to move on to some Beaver sports news? Yeah, what right, we Beej, got first up is women's volleyball. I love
1: women's volleyball, Billy. It is my favorite sport. I bet you do, Beach. Uh, the Oregon State volleyball team fell to the number. F- so, 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 sometimes I watch it at home alone in a dark I room. Bet. Well, with, with, with some mood lighting. Do.
0: Some candles. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: cans. definitely. Lots of candles. Yeah. All right, Beats. So the cans. Oregon
0: State volleyball team fell to the number four Washington Huskies in three sets at the Alaska Airlines Arena on Wednesday night. Oregon State's Lila Toner recorded a double-double and Mary Kate Marshall recorded 14 kills, but the beeves could not overcome a season-high 28 attack errors in a 3-1 to setback at Washington State on Friday night at Bowler Gym. The Beavs are now 4-14 Four overall, 2-6 in the Pac-12, and return home for a pair of matches at Gill Gil- Coliseum this week. The Beavs will f- host top-ranked USC Friday at 8 p.m. in their damn cancer match and book in the weekend with a noon match with UCLA on Sunday.
1: It's okay. I, I still love them. I bet you do.
0: All right, Beavs, let's move on to women's soccer.
1: Uh, I, I love women's soccer, Billy.
0: Sophomores Nikki Ferris and Emma Jones scored, and the Oregon State women's soccer team upended preseason number four UCLA two to one on Saturday in a Pac-12 conference game at Lorenz Field. The Beeves 6-5-3 overall, 2-4 and four in the Pac-12, will resume Pac-12 action this Friday with a 7 p.m. game at Arizona State. They then face Arizona and Tucson at 1 p.m. on October 25th, then return to Corvallis for their final three regular season games. So five all games right. to go. They need to win some of those if they want to make it into the uh, tournament.
1: You know, it's hard to believe we're getting down to the short strokes on all these.
0: Uh, yeah. On
1: all the fall sports. Yeah, we're almost through
0: October. Almost into November. Oh yeah, it's
1: yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's we're not that far from civil we're war. We're halfway through
0: the football season, Beach. Oh
1: my god! Six gosh. games
0: down, six games to go.
1: Yeah, and, and what do we got? Three tailgaters yes, left. We do.
0: All right, Beach, on to Men's Sucker. The Oregon State men's soccer team battled hard for a full 90 minutes, but was unable to overcome a strong number 20 Washington squad as the Huskies took a 1-0 win Sunday evening on a rain-soaked field in Seattle. The beeves are now 7-5-1 overall, 2-2-1 in the Pac-12, and will have a week off before returning home on October 30th to take on Stanford. Yep. <laughs> All right, Bees. we've got some wrestling news. Dude, wrestling. The Oregon State wrestling team opened practice for the 2015-16 season on Monday at the Dale Thomas Wrestling Room in the Sports Performance Center. Ten wrestlers with full or part-time starting experience and seven who have NCAA experience are back for the Beavs, who went 12-1s in duels, captured their fourth consecutive Pac-12 Conference Championship, and placed 30th at the NCAA Tournament in 2015. Now, the dual meet season starts November 15th when the Beavs face West Virginia, Northern Iowa, and Nebraska in the Northeast Duels event in Albany, New York. The first home duels are November 21st showdowns with Utah Valley and Rutgers at Gill. OSU starts Pac-12 action at Arizona State on January 29th, 2016, and the lone Pac-12 home duel is February 21st against Boise State.
1: I, I find it funny that they're playing West Virginia, Northern Iowa, and Nebraska in New York. <laughs> I know. <laughs> am, I, am I the only one that finds that kind of it, strange? It's a little weird,
0: yeah, but, you know, hey. So, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of teams left that uh, wrestle, so. So,
1: all righty. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the uh, the wrestlers will kick
0: some butt. Yeah, this we year. hope so. Like seeing other Pac-12 championship. So
1: is, 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 30th, is, is 30th at the NCAA tournament, is that fairly decent? Eh. I mean, I guess it's got to be. I mean, you you. you i mean, I bet you'd be better be on like the sweet sixteen or whatever compared to basketball yeah, but you know they're still in the tournament, i guess that's fairly mm-hmm. decent mm-hmm so and how how'd uh, how's oregon gonna be looking this year
0: What what was that beach
1: the the ducks are they uh, are they getting their uh they getting their uh, wrestling team ready to go
0: oh um i don't know let me let me look i mean Um, um, beige, uh huh. I, I forgot the Ducks cut their wrestling program, really. Yeah. And and
1: Phil Knight hasn't hasn't uh reestablished it. I mean, certainly his uh special department at Nike needs to develop some some wrestling uh, what do they called? are those like? Yeah, are they no, are they like onesies? What what do you I get? think? It's when called a singlet. Get? Oh, a singlet! <laughs> Certainly, they're they're like desperate to make some singlets.
0: <laughs> Onesie, nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, no, no, no wrestling for Oregon this year.
1: Okay, okay, but we get to see their competitive cheer, right?
0: Yeah, uh, it's no longer competitive cheer, isn't it? Like acrobatics and tumbling team,
1: girls in hot outfits. That's all I. There I like you go. About. There you go.
0: Well, then, then you're covered there. Awesome. All right, Beach. Next up is some swimming news. Uh, Speaking of onesies. There you go. And and like you said, you think there'd be more spectators if they competed in bikinis. I would think they would fill it up. Yeah, I'm sure they would. All right, Beach. (laughs) Senior Sammy Harrison won the 500 and 1,000-yard freestyle events for the second consecutive meet, while senior Amani Amir and junior Cesarina Ailetta, I hope that's right, won a race each to highlight action for the Oregon State swimming team in Friday, on Friday in a the, meet against San Diego and Vanderbilt.
1: Those don't look like names. They look like drunk
0: texts. <laughs> Senior Claire McLagan took second place in the 50-yard freestyle and the Beavs capped off Friday's meet with a pair of third-place finishes in relays events. The Oregon State women's swimming team returns to action with a pair of meets in L.A. next weekend, opening the weekend with a dual meet, at USC at 2 p.m. on Friday. The Beavs close out the road trip with a noon meet against UCLA and UC Santa Barbara on Saturday, October 24th.
2: Hmm.
0: So there you go. Yeah. All right. Now that, that was for Greg Beach.
1: Oh, okay. Well, what was for Greg, the swimming in mm-hmm. general? Keep him okay. happy okay well you know i think people would love to well do they even do they have bleachers set up at the yeah. uh at the swim yeah beach? you can go okay do, we, do we, will a lot of people attend
0: have you ever I've been i've never been beach actually i think my uh our all sports passes are good for swimming you oh, know, that No, that might be fun to go to Women's sometime. basketball gymnastics volleyball and wrestling so i don't know what they charge no. to get into swimming i don't know if it's free we'll have to ask craig you know, we
1: need to do more of that kind of crap because, I mean, like I enjoyed going down and watching the uh, the basketball games with you last year that we did.
0: A yeah, well, of we them. got, you know, we can come down for some women's games. We've got like four of these passes for women's games. So
1: let's 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 do that. Let's let's
0: plan a couple. OK, more. we can do that. All, All right, right, Beach. Next up is okay. women's va- basketball. The Oregon state women's basketball team has been selected. to.
1: It's, it's a sport. It's It's an exciting sport. We're- Yay, yay! Yay! Women's basketball. Scott Ruick. Yay!
0: The basketball Sorry. team has been selected right. to repeat as Pac-12 Conference champions. Coming in at number one in the Pac-12 coaches poll, the Beavs received all eleven possible first place votes.
1: All eleven? Yeah.
0: There's actually twelve wow. votes, but you can't vote for your own team. Okay. Yeah. Now, the preseason conference ranking is in the highest ever for Oregon State, surpassing their number three selection last year. It also marks the first time since 1999-2000 that Stanford was not picked to win the Pac-12. It's the first time in 15 years. Now, the Pac-12 coaches poll is the latest in the string of preseason recognition for the Beavs. Oregon State has been tabbed preseason number seven by Lindy's and is ranked number 10 by Sporting News to start the year. Oregon State is coming off the best season in school history—a 27-5 campaign that featured a pair of wins over Arizona State and a Pac-12 title. The season was highlighted by a win over No. 6 North Carolina, a No. 3 seed in the NCAA tournament, and two rounds of postseason action hosted at Gill Coliseum.
1: That was an exciting year last yeah. year.
0: So we hope to see it again.
1: What, yeah, I hope they're. Uh, uh, I Donald hope Trump they don't Trump. read the, the. I was going to say, I hope they don't read the press, and I hope they play a great mm-hmm. season. So,
0: all right, Beej, moving on to men's basketball. How are we looking this year, Billy? Well, let's talk about it. The Oregon State men's basketball team was picked to finish 6th in the 2015-16 Pac-12 Conference race, according to a poll of media members who cover the conference. Uh, the top 6 were or the top Yeah, the top 6 were Arizona, Cal, Utah, Oregon, UCLA, and Oregon State. Now it's the highest the bees have been picked since the conference expanded to 12 teams in 2011. The bees were finish, uh, picked to finish third in 1993 and fifth in and 2010. The preseason media poll began in 1993. Now the bees are picked to finish 12th in 2014-15. However, they far exceeded expectations by going 8 and 10 in conference play, 17 and 14 overall, and 15 and 2 at Gill Coliseum in Wayne Tinkle's first season as head coach.
1: So we were expected to be twelfth of the twelve teams in the Pac-12. Yes.
0: Now Tinkle returns all five starters and nine letter winners from that team. The Beavs have also added six talented freshmen who make up the highest-ranked recruiting class in program history. This is going to be exciting. I am, I'm excited for some basketball this year. I am excited. Yeah, you want to go to a basketball game? No. I totally do. Okay, I'll see what I can do for us. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. Keep me informed. Uh, Friday nights are usually my best uh, nights to make that okay. happen.
0: All right, Beach. So. And last up, we got a smidgen of football news. Okay. So the game next Saturday at Utah has been tabbed for a four o'clock kickoff. So you can wow. watch some football and still hand out candy that night for all the trick or treaters. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Hey, hey. hey Beach. Yes. Do, do I hear the teletype going off?
1: Holy crap, Billy, you do. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. This just in. Earthworm-inspired soil solution captures first place in nature-inspired global challenge. Student and Open Challenge winners announced for the world's first food system-focused biomimicry innovation challenge. A design... This is true, by the way. Okay. Okay. A design created to help farmers keep nutrients in the soil won first prize in the first food system focused biomimicry global design challenge. This innovation, created by a team of students from the University of Oregon, was based in part on the earthworm's digestive system and decreases the amount of fertilizer needed while improving soil health over time. So these bastards have developed a better grade of dirt. I think the primary purpose was for growing hemp plants, (laughs) but they have used that technology to win a prize. There you go. Yeah. I was thinking, I I went and saw a movie uh, a couple days ago, I went and saw Martian, Uh and, and he grows potato out of Martian soil and other astronauts' poop and I thought, you know, that's the kind of crap you could expect out of people at the University of Oregon to, to grow pot. Yeah, there you go. Those bastards could make that work. I mean, they would do anything to keep that stuff growing. So, anyway, there you there go. There you go. All right. Yeah, they, they, the, the University of Oregon, uh, the bastards are amazing botanists. That's what it is. There
0: you go. Have you seen that movie yet, The Martian? Yeah, that's what I said. I just oh, okay. saw it. okay. I need to go see it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was good. I, it's it's different, but it's really good. Better than that other Matt Damon, Matthew McConaughey flick where they, like, bent time. Yeah, I couldn't handle that one. I haven't one. seen it yet. I have, a, I have a hard time with quantum physics, I guess. I just don't understand how that all works.
0: There you go. All right. Okay, Beach. you want to go under further review for Pac-12, uh, week seven? After further review,
1: the runner did... The line, the the touchdown. Yeah, you know, because, I, I, you know, again, I say this all the time, I work a mm. lot, and so I don't ever, I, I I mean, I'm stuck at work, I can't watch these things, and I mean, I really need to petition the owners at, at, at my place, because we got cable TV, but we don't got the Pac-12 network, and I think I'd be willing to pay the upgrade to get the Pac-12 in there. Well,
0: you've got your cell phone, right? So,
1: yeah. uh, Well, you're going to need to text me some information then later. Yeah,
0: that's that's (laughs) doable. All right, Beach. First up game was on Thursday, October fifteenth. Number eighteen UCLA at number fifteen Stanford. Remember who you had? I think since it was at Stanford, I think I picked Stanford. Um, Yes, all three of us did. And actually, heading into this week, Beach, you were in the lead with thirty three out of forty five, and Kyle and I were at thirty two out of forty five. Okay. And we had six games this week, and it was pretty dismal for all three of us. Really? So we all took Stanford, which was good. Stanford wide receiver Francis Owusu pinned the ball on the back of a defender in the end zone for one of the most memorable catches in recent memory. And running back Christian McCaffrey did most of the rest with a school record 243 yards rushing and four TDs in number 15 Stanford's 56-35 victory over UCLA on Thursday night. Now McCaffrey finished with 369 all-purpose yards as the Cardinal beat the Bruins for the eighth straight time. It started with McCaffrey taking a direct snap in the Wildcat and handing to Bryce Love on a jet sweep. Love then flipped the ball back to quarterback Kevin Hogan, who had lined up as a receiver on the play. Hogan set himself in the backfield and threw deep to Now, Despite being interfered with by a face-guarding Jaleel Wadud in the end zone, Owusu still managed to trap the ball against Wadud's back while not even being able to see it. Owusu managed to keep his hand on the ball to maintain control as the two fell to the ground. Now, Bees, did you see that play?
1: I did not, but I'm going to have to find it hereafter. So now, is that kind of a Statue of Liberty play, no. Billy? No, uh,
0: look it up right now. Okay, look up so... uh, Stanford-UCLA-Owusu catch. Now, Hogan threw for 131 yards and three TDs on eight completions, and McCaffrey took over the national lead in all-purpose yards with 1,518 for the Cardinal, who have scored 225 points the fast, past five games after being kept out of the end zone in a season-opening 16-6 loss at Northwestern. Now, Josh Rosen of UCLA threw for 325 yards and three touchdowns, and Paul Perkins ran for 104 and score, but the Bruins still dropped their second straight contest to fall farther back in the Pac-12 South race. Okay, hold on. It's pulling okay. up here. So, like I said, they're kind of running a trick play, and the guy covering Uso does everything he can to try and stop him from catching the ball. Mm-hmm. You're watching it? I didn't see
1: it yet. Hold on. It's okay. it, it, my whole computer went to hell. So <laughs> freaking solar um, flares! Gosh damn solar flares. Okay.
0: McCaffrey's to me. McCaffrey is the most dynamic running back in the NFL, or in the NCAA right now people talk about that fournette from uh, LSU and he's really good but McCaffrey's more dynamic
1: every time I keep getting close to this play my computer locks up and oh there it goes now it's continuing okay wow they're running back just fine seams doesn't he oh he's amazing
0: he, like I said to oh. me he's he's the most dynamic running back in the NCAA. he's got NCAA. a great line though yeah he's got a great line but he's just he's so fast Oh, oh. <laughs> Holy crap. Isn't that amazing? He pinned- I mean, it was, a, it was a hell of a pass anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, the guy's right there. I mean, the defender's hey. right there. And how the worst part is he's going to feel like a bitch because Owusu grabs the ball, pins it against his back, and holds it there. Uh-huh. Even as the guy's rolling around on the ground with him. Yeah, it looks like they're going to call pass interference if he didn't catch oh, it. Oh, it was pass interference, even though he did catch it. But they'll decline the penalty and take the touchdown.
1: Wow. So, anyway, that was, that was beautiful. You know, the, his his focus on that ball was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, he never let his eyes leave the ball. Mind me, I, I still think Mike Hass was one of the greatest receivers of all time for, for Pac-12. I agree. Uh, and, I mean, he had a couple where he would juggle him behind his back. I mean, all you had to do was get within 10 yards of the man, and he was going to pull it in. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, well, that was a beautiful, beautiful catch.
0: All right, Beach. Uh, so, um, we all got the point there. Up next, um, all the rest of the games were on Saturday, October 17th. First up was USC at Notre Dame. Uh, I think I picked USC on this one. Um, Actually, we all did.
1: Okay. And we should we all have stayed home?
0: Eh, we all shouldn't have taken USC. So uh, the number 14 (laughs) Fighting Irish rallied for 17 points in the fourth quarter after blowing a two-touchdown lead and took the lead on Corey Robinson's diving catch with 9.06 left in a 41-31 victory Saturday night. Now Southern California played for the first time since firing coach Steve Sarkeesian on Monday. USC coaches are now 0-7 in their first games against Notre Dame in South Bend with Clay Helton, who took over for Sarkeesian, becoming the 2nd straight interim coach to fall. Two years ago, was Ed Orgeron, as Jess likes to call him, the Cajun King, following the firing of Lane Kiffin. The Trojans have had four different coaches against the Irish the past four seasons. Now, things looked in hand when the Trojans scored three straight touchdowns to take a 31-24 lead, as the Trojans scored on a 75-yard touchdown catch by Juju Smith-Schuster, and Adoree Jackson scored on an 83-yard pass. But the Irish rallied to win the jeweled shillelagh for the third time in four seasons. Dang. Yep. So, yep. Looked like USC might pull it out, but they're just just so dang young right now. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's hurting them. So, all right. No points for any of us on that one. Next up, Beach was okay. Arizona at Colorado.
1: I think I picked Arizona, and I thought you guys picked Colorado. We
0: did, and good for you, Beach. Jared Baker, the senior backup filling in for Nick Wilson, who's out with a foot injury, rushed for a career-high 207 yards and scored an untouched on runs of 79 and 45 yards. Then he was uncovered when he hauled in a 25-yard pass from Anu Solomon to break a 24-all tie in the fourth quarter. That play capped a 94-yard drive and followed a 97-yard drive sparked by backup quarterback Jared Randall, who came in and reeled off three long runs himself before handing off to Baker, who tied it at 24 with his 45-yard run up the middle. Now, Randall led the Wildcats out of the shadow of his own end zone a second time but was shaken up on a 7-yard keeper to the Colorado 25. Solomon, who was ineffective over the second and third quarters, reared the game and found Baker wide open with 9:17 remaining for the senior running back's third TD. Now Randall's TD proved the difference when Colorado quarterback Sefo Lafau found Shea Fields over the middle for a 35-yard touchdown with 2:29 remaining. Fields sustained a high ankle sprain on the play. The Buffs, who matched a school record with their 14th consecutive loss in league play, tried an on-site kick, but Arizona's safety, Will Parks, recovered. They held on fourth down, but Arizona downed the punt at the sixth, and Colorado couldn't get very far with just 38 seconds left. Exciting game, though. Yeah, it was still. I mean, Colorado led in that game at different times. So, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, today, and I I said, you know, there's no really crummy team in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. The last few years, there's been a few crummy teams. Now, I'll tell you, Oregon State and Colorado probably aren't as good as a lot of the other teams, but they're still not crappy. They're still going to give you some fight.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they can't be overlooked.
0: Yeah, they're still going to give you some fight. There's no cream puffs. Mm-hmm. So, Beach, you scored the point on that one. Up next was Arizona Very State. rarely
1: do I score, Billy, so it's nice when it does happen.
0: Yeah. Next up was Arizona State at Utah. Ooh, uh,
1: I think I chose Utah on this one.
0: Yes, you did. Pretty, sure, pretty all th- sure I did. All three of us did. And Utah held off Arizona State Saturday night with a 34 18 win to remain the lone, undefeated team in the Pac 12. The win broke an 11-game losing streak to Arizona State and left Washington as the lone team Utah has yet to beat since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. Now, Utah went into halftime with a 14-10 lead as both teams struggled to generate much offense. Utah quarterback Travis Wilson found his stride on the two scoring drives completing 11 of 12 passes with two touchdowns. He completed seven of 12 passes on the other five drives that all resulted in punts. Now, Arizona State brought plenty of pressure. The Sun Devils entered the game blitzing on 55% of their plays and tied for number seven in the nation with 19 sacks. Now, the Utes had given up two sacks in their first five games, the second fewest in the country. But Arizona State got two in the first half and finished with five. Now, all of Arizona State's scoring came off special teams. Tim White had a 100-yard kickoff return down the right sideline for a score after Utah took a 7-0 lead. The Sun Devils went up 10-7 on a 30-yard, 34-yard field goal after DeShavion Hayes returned a punt 48 yards. Now, Hayes had one man to beat punter Tom Hackett, but was tripped up. Now, Utah gave up a safety on a failed trick kickoff return where Britton Covey threw an illegal forward pass in the end zone to Bubba Poole. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. Now Arizona State had three more points on the ensuing possession to take an 18 to 14 lead in the third quarter. Hmm. So they were trying to run some kind of. Th- what, what,
1: what I was going to say, what what, what what did he try to do? How how did he? So
0: throw they had, an
1: illegal forward play pass.
0: They had two men in the end zone to return the 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 kickoff. They were okay. they were spread pretty far apart. So what they were going to try to do was try to do a, a throwback, right, where one hmm. guy takes the ball. Starts pulling all the coverage guys towards him, and then he turns around and throws the ball all the way across the field to the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is he threw it forward. It, you you can throw a lateral pass, right? But, I you, you mean, it was very blatant that he threw it oh, forward. Oh, it was totally forward. Yeah, it was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Anyways, we all got the point there. But but he did
1: it in his own end zone, so it all resulted in a safety. So it's a safety, yeah. Wow,
0: it's just stupid. So, anyways, we all got the point there. Um, up next was Oregon at Washington. Who'd you take? Ah, uh, I took Washington. Yeah, all three of us did, Beach.
1: And, and, and you know, and it was close too, because I did get to see the last half of this game. This is the only game I really got to watch. Yeah.
0: Well, Oregon mercenary quarterback Vernon Adams returned after missing the previous two games to throw for 272 yards and two TDs, and the Ducks won their 12th straight over Washington 26-20 on Saturday night. Now Adams was a thorn for the Huskies a year ago when he was still playing at Eastern Washington and threw for 475 yards and seven TDs on the Huskies. Undercentered for the first time since making a brief appearance against Utah on September 26th, Adams was back to tormenting the Huskies. Adams threw two TD passes to Darren Carrington, who returned after missing the first six games of the season after failing an NCAA-administered drug test during the football playoffs last season. Which is funny because he just got popped for an MIP here a couple weeks ago and is awaiting the trial on that. Nice. But Oregon still let him play. Now Adams hit Carrington for 36 yards.
1: Some things just never change.
0: That's true. That's true. Do as as we say, not as we do. Now Adams hit Carrington for 36 yards on Oregon's first possession, then capped the Ducks' first drive of the second half with a nine-yard strike and a 23-6 lead. Now Washington's Miles Gaskin broke free for a 72-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter to get the Huskies within 23-13, but Addison answered by returning the ensuing kickoff 87 yards to the Washington nine. Oregon failed to capitalize with Schneider missing a 32-yard field goal wide left but a later hit from 24 for a 26-13 lead with 9.04 left. Now Washington pulled within 26-20 on Jake Browning's three-yard TD pass to Jaden Mickens with 3.35 remaining, but the drive took nearly five and a half minutes, and the Huskies had only one timeout remaining. Oregon converted one first down, but Adams was incomplete on third down, and the Ducks punted back to Washington at its 20 with a minute and 11 left. Now quarterback K.J. Carter-Samuels entered at quarterback for the Huskies, with Browning having suffered a shoulder injury, and he was intercepted by Ugo Amadi with 24 seconds left to end the game. Just a crappy pick. I was so pissed about that. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see how that game would have played out in that last minute, 11, if Browning was still in there. Yeah. So none of us got the point on that one. And up last, beach was Oregon State at Washington State. <sighs> that was a true disappointment, Billy. And we all took the B's. Washington State and quarterback Luke Falk could do no wrong in the first half Saturday against Oregon State. And as a result, the Cougars won their first Pac-12 home game in two years. The second half was another matter as Washington State's high-flying offense was shut down. Now, Falk tied a team record with six touchdown passes, but all came in the first half. The offense did, did not score in the second half. The Cougs scored on all seven of their first-half possessions and piled up 520 yards of offense. Now, quarterback Seth Collins threw for 176 yards and ran for 124 for Oregon State, which gave up more than 40 points for the third consecutive week. The Bees rushed for 218 yards in the game. Now, Oregon State, which produced 395 yards of total offense, but they could not slow the Cougars down in the first half. And then there was just some really pathetic play calling. They called a fake punt deep in their own territory that went for a negative six yards. They called for an on kick early, which gave Washington State another short field. So yeah, nothing was working right for the Bees in the first half. Now I was happy with the way they came out and played in the second half. They adjusted their defense and really shut down Washington State in the second half. But the damage is already done. Oh, the damage is already done, yeah. It was funny because I started doing some stuff and Jess is like, aren't you going to watch the game? I'm like, yeah, but I go, it's over. I mean, there's basically no way that B is going to come back from this barring some freaking miracle. I said, right now yeah. it's it's the coaches challenging to those guys, like, who's going to man up and who's going to play right now to earn playing time next week? Because mm-hmm. the game was, I mean, it was it was well in hand, so. Washington state could do nothing wrong in that first uh, half. Really. So. Yeah. All right, beach. So after the end of week 7, we are as follows. You are in the lead with 36 out of 41 and Kyle and I, ooh, sorry, 36 out of 51. And Kyle and I are in second place tied with 34 out of 51. So you keep kind of maintaining that two-game lead. I'm liking this, you know.
1: For for a guy who's not that all that's not all football savvy, I fake it pretty well.
0: There you go. Um, so does she. Uh, all right, Beach. Next up is the Pac twelve in the polls. So in the AP poll, uh, Utah is coming in at number three, Stanford at ten, Cal at twenty, and UCLA and Arizona Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category. In the USA to Doug coaches poll, Utah comes in at seven. Stanford at 11, Cal at 19, and UCLA, Oregon, Washington State, and Arizona are in the Others Receiving Votes category. Hmm. Alrighty. So. All right. Well, up next, beach is the Tommy Tuberville.
2: What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do
0: jackass of the week award never week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan now beach i have for you there a, a youtube link i love it when
1: you give me these
0: links they're go. so cool so now you can watch that because i don't think you have watched this play yet okay so this That's is the my- final play have you heard about it the final play of the michigan michigan state game no. Okay, so you need to pause this. Don't, don't watch it yet. Let me set it up. So, um, Michigan, who's been Oh,
1: no, no, I take it back. I did see this. Okay, okay. But, but I, I'll play it again here. because yes. So,
0: it's uh, Michigan has 10 seconds left. Um, they're punting the ball kind of on their own territory. Now, people are asking me why was Michigan punting the ball, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why didn't they have the quarterback stand back there and try to run around and run out the clock? And I told them, well, one thing is they're only up by two points. Because it's Mm -hmm. 23 to 20. so And I go, and 10 seconds is an eternity running around back there. Mm -hmm. And I said, if they'd been up by three points, they could have had the guy run around and then just run out of the back of the end zone with no time left. Mm Because then you're only giving up two points and you're still winning. Yeah, But they didn't have that option. And they have to do something because you don't want to give Michigan State the ball back right there with time you want to play.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're, you're kind of close to field goal range. Almost in
0: field goal range, Which yeah. and the, the t- stock clock is going to stop with the change of possession, so it gives them a shot. So they really had yeah. to do something. So they, they go to run the fake punt and go ahead and play the thing. So they go to run the fake punt. It's kind of a low snap that's low and to the right of the punter. He kind of bobbles it around, and instead of just falling on it and at least giving them a half a chance... He goes to pick up the ball, the ball just kind of, he gets hit, the ball sails out of his hands, and it just floats to a Michigan State player who grabs it in the air and runs it down, and scores with no time left on the clock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, amazing play. One of those yeah. crazy plays that it just, it, it'll go down in history. Uh, side note on that, when the guy gets tackled in the end zone, uh-huh. um, there's a... Couple of his teammates are pushing him in, um, and there's a uh, Michigan uh, Michigan uh, tight end Jake Butt is trying to grab him and pull him back. Well, he falls into the end zone, and if you see, he kind of falls on his side. Mm-hmm. He dislocated his hip on that play. He did he dislocated his hip. Really? Yeah. And if you see, when he falls into the end zone, he kind of lands on his side, and you can kind of see he kind of reaches for his hip. Well, then his yeah. teammates come in and start jumping on him.
1: And he's just in pain. Oh, he's
0: in pain. And if you look, there's another point where they kind of show him, and he's at the bottom, and there's guys like kind of hitting him in the face like, you know, yeah, you did it. And he's like swinging at him like, don't freaking touch me. So they actually had to cart him off the field after that, after that and he had to have surgery. Wow. And his season is done. Which, wow. great play, but, you know, it's sad yeah. to see it end that way.
1: But, he'll, he'll be remembered, though.
0: Anyway, so this... Yeah, the uh, Michigan
1: fans were just dumbfounded they, by the whole thing.
0: Yes. Yes. And you can just see him there. They just look... And I don't know, did you see the video of the guy crying in the stands?
1: Um, Had the picture of the guy holding his ha- hands yeah. on his...
0: But there's one where this guy is literally bawling in the stands. Like, really? wailing in the stands.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: It's horrible. I mean...
1: I'm an Oregon State fan, right? And I'm disappointed when we lose, and I'm I'm happy it, when we win.
0: It'll kind but, of well, and if I, they lose, it'll kind of screw up my weekend. And if, yeah, they, but, and if they win, everything's a little bit better.
1: But I've never been brought to tears over any kind of a game. No. Now, it doesn't matter what kind of game it is.
0: So. No, no, no. Um, yeah, just horrible. Well, yeah,
1: Beach. I guess. I guess if your world is that small, I guess that's what it does to you. But well, I don't know. My world's a little bigger than that. Even though, again, we're, we're doing a. I should talk. We're doing a Oregon State football podcast every week. But
0: yeah.
2: There you
0: go. Well, <laughs> Beach. Michigan Interim Athletic Director Jim Hackett issued a public letter Sunday afternoon urging Wolverine fans to support their team after Saturday's last second loss. Now, fifth-year punter Blake O'Neill received a number of hate-filled mentions on social media Saturday night after making a mistake that led to a touchdown on the final play. Now, the letter said, I'm asking that our community not lose this game twice by condoning thoughtless comments, Hackett said in the letter. He said, Today I awoke... Today I awake to the shocking reality that our community, who cares so much about this program, would send hurtful, spiteful, and vicious comments to one of our students. To be clear, such comments come from a small minority, none of whom are reflective of our institution. Now, the overwhelming majority of Michigan fans, former players, and teammates supported O'Neal and expressed empathy for him and understanding regarding the way the final play unfolded, and they combined to shout down his detractors. Now, Michigan kicker and backup punter Kenny Allen said shortly after the game, quote, I just told him that we're behind him. We're going to look at the film and stuff, and we support Blake through everything. That's the type of team we're going to be. Now, O'Neal bobbled the low snap on a punt attempt with 10 seconds left and fumbled the ball as he attempted to salvage a kick. And then Michigan State sophomore Jalen Watts picked up the loose ball and carried it 38 yards for a TD as the clock expired. Now, o- O'Neal had averaged 44.6 yards per attempt on his previous seven punts on Saturday, including an 80-yard kick that was down to the Michigan State two-yard line earlier in the game.
2: Hmm.
0: And I tell you what, Beach. this is one of the things that you just have to hate about social media because it gives every asshole with an opinion some place to shout it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: they've got all the anonymity in the world. And to me, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it's just pathetic.
1: It's chicken crap.
0: It is, and you're, 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 you're sending flack to a 22-year-old kid who's just playing a game. Mm-hmm. He's just playing a game, and he's trying to win. You know, he yeah. not, That's not the way he wanted that play to to turn out. So to do that, that's just pathetic. So, anyway, so Michigan fans who take to social media to bitch at a 22-year-old kid, this Jackass of the Week award <laughs> is for you. All right, that just got me, bitch. It just kind of pissed me off. hmm And it happens. Same thing happened to a, well, although there wasn't social media at the time, but people pissing and moaning about Alexis Cerna when he missed the three PATs against LSU. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I, I know, I guess that's what makes you know, they they, they jump down the throats and it's like, dude, do you think they wanted to lose the game? Do you think they're really trying to fail? Yep. You know, do they want death threats? Is that what they're going for? Yeah.
0: No, No, they want to try and win the game. All right, but it's time to move on to our Guns N' Roses Song of the Week. Okay. So uh, you helped me pick this one out this week. I did. Do, do you want to explain our reasoning? Well, because
1: we're, we're not having our stellar season this year, we're struggling a little bit uh, under new coaching staff and, and uh, a fairly young team, I think, for the Very most part. young team. The youngest team in the Pac-12. Yeah. So, so with that, we kind of feel
0: that people need to have patience. So here we go. So. A little bit of Guns and Roses. Patience.
2: If I can't have you right now I'll wait dear Sometimes I get so tense But I can't speed up the time But you know love There's one more thing to consider Said woman, take it slow Things will be just fine You and I'll just use a little patience, patience. Said to take the time Cause the lights are shining bright You and I've got what it takes to make it We won't fake it never break it cause I can't take it
0: That song beach.
1: You know, I, I was I like always I did a little research on this one. Oh, nice. And uh yeah, I j- I just did a little research on this one. And uh here's one. The video, if you ever remember watching the video on this one.
0: Love the video. I actually have the Guns N' Roses um video set. Really? Yeah. Ah, that's
1: that's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. Um the video was shot in the Ambassador Hotel, which is the hotel that Bobby Kennedy was assassinated in in 1968.
0: That's kind of boring. And
1: the, the hotel was inoperative and scheduled for demolition when they filmed it, but it wasn't demolished until 2006.
0: Uh
1: they filmed the video on Valentine's it Day. But that long to
0: demolish it?
1: Evidently, yeah, or it, it it sat abandoned I guess until then. Wow, that's and crazy. then not demolished until '06. And uh they shot the video on Valentine's Day 1989 and uh let's see here. Uh Steven Adler did not record on the track. So they used somebody else for drums. Hmm. And here, um in the video, the band members are situated in a hotel where they are only constant, uh, where they are the only constant images, as all the other people are present for a moment, then fade away.
2: Yeah.
1: More recently, fans have taken another view on the song, as now Rose is the only remaining member from the original lineup. In a precognitive twist, the final parts of the video show Rose sitting alone in his home, watching older Guns N' Roses videos, in what appears to be a sad and lonely state.
2: Hmm.
0: Anyway, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Although I keep hearing rumblings that they might be getting the band back together.
1: You know, I've heard that they're getting paid a was it a couple million dollars to perform some down like Portugal or Paraguay or something like that. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Somewhere down in South America, somebody's hiring them to do a thing, and they're seriously considering it's supposed to be sometime next year. So. But you know, maybe that'll break down some walls, and we can enjoy the the full original lineup of Guns and
0: Roses in the near future. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Beach. Uh, you ready to make some picks for Week Eight in the Pac-12?
1: Let it begin, Billy. Let it begin.
0: All right, Beach. I've got Kyle's picks here, so we will start going. All right. Uh, first up, we have a game on Thursday, October 22nd. We have number 20 Cal at UCLA. I'm going to take Cal. Really? Mm hmm. Okay. Well, Kyle says the Ocho. That's because this week is week eight. Mm-hmm. Colorado let me down. Saying last week, Colorado let him down. Yeah. So Cal at UCLA with Sunny Dykes, Jack Goff on the Ruined Bruins. <laughs> so he is going with Cal also. I. I
1: feel I feel Kyle puts a lot of work into these picks.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I too am gonna take Cal. Okay. CLA just doesn't have the here, here here you make the comment
1: like, I'm shocked you took Cal Beach. Shocking. Like oh. you totally blew the call. And yeah. then you're like, I'm gonna take Cal too.
0: No. I'm shocked you took Cal. Really? I'm not shocked that you took Cal. I'm shocked oh, okay. that you took Cal. Okay course, you know, you got You just think 50 I'm a moron. Chance. No I'm saying you got 50/50 yeah, yeah. chance. <laughs> all right, beach, I, the... I, I,
1: I got a quarter and I just flipped the son of a bitch over here Pretty and much. all good.
0: <laughs> the other four games, beach, are on Saturday, October 24th. First up, Washington State at Arizona.
1: Oh, Arizona's going to kick Leach's ass.
0: Really? Yep. Um kyle says wazoo at arizona cougs show them a real wildcat is go cougs really yeah Uh. i am so torn on this one
1: you know leach doesn't have it and it ain't gonna happen this week i mean oregon state blew it you're talking a team that lost to portland state
0: yep i'm taking arizona it's at arizona and I just think mm-hmm. I, I think that is your your the biggest thing beach
1: yeah I, I think and I think the weather might also have a factor too, yeah.
0: all right, next up, number three, Utah at USC. Utah's going
1: to continue their uh, their winning streak, really yeah u s c just they don't have it this sure. year, they never had it, well,
0: they had a lot of hype.
1: Yeah, and they they had a lot of alcohol too, even in the coach's office. Mm-hmm.
0: So, all right, uh, there you go. Um, Kyle says Utah at USC. Utes win, no big deal. I too, I'm taking Utah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that defense is too good. And yeah, just, and just help hope good Travis Wilson shows up and not bad Travis Wilton Wilson, mm-hmm. he's the quarterback. If he's good and on that defense, really moves, and I think. Uh, Booker will have a, a better week this week. He didn't really rush for crap last week. So, all right. Uh, next up, Washington at Stanford.
1: Um, I think Stanford's going to eat Washington's lunch.
0: Okay, Kyle oh. says Stanford's bark is worse than the Huskies' bite. Stanford.
1: <laughs> ah, good bark because they're a tree. Ooh, there you go.
0: I see what you did
1: there, Kyle.
0: And I, I too, am taking Stanford. And last up, Beach, Colorado at Oregon State. Uh, I think the Beavs are going to turn it around this week.
1: I think uh, we're going to, even though I hate to see Colorado lose another game, I think they're going to lose another game.
0: Kyle says, Colorado at OSU. Fueled by chilly Colorado and Jolly Ranchers, rabid Beaver fans cheer those of iron to their first Pac-12 win. There you go. There you go. And I, too, am taking Oregon State. So.
1: Did he say those of iron?
0: Yes, it should be men of iron. Kyle,
1: you freaking politically correct son of a bitch. I hate you, Kyle. I. You know, that kind of crap deserves a cock punch in my world.
0: <laughs> you might be right there. You might be right. All right, uh, Beach. Yeah. So those are the five games for the week. Um, let's talk about our uh, tailgater coming up in a few days. Okay. So, um, Kyle is right. We are going to be doing what?
1: Oh, I see something on here that just got me a full-on
0: chubby. So, keep going. Well, so we are going to be doing nachos, and we'll be getting the Qdoba queso. That's what got me my chub going right there. There you go. There you go. And like Kyle said, we will be doing the chili Colorado. Okay. And uh, we'll also do some kind of grilled chicken. I'll uh, find a good marinade that we can get going, and we'll marinate up some chicken and grill that. We'll also cook up some onions and peppers. We'll have pico, sour cream, guacamole, all the fixings, all that kind of stuff. opinions. Make sure,
1: make sure you pick up some uh, Verde also from Qdoba. I will do that. Okay, I like my Verde.
0: We'll also have lots of deep-fried stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. And, bead since the game is at 7.30, mm-hmm. we're going to make you bake something. Sweet! So... We can do cookies. Want to bake okay. some more cookies?
1: Yeah, let's do a couple different varieties of cookies, though. Okay. Not just chocolate chip, but let's okay. do some, uh, I don't know, whatever else you can buy in will see.
0: I'll, I'll see what I can find. Uh, the, okay. other, the other thing is, beige. should we make some special Colorado Oregon brownies?
1: And that's your call there.
0: Uh, maybe I'll make a plate or two.
1: Okay. I, I'm not a fan of organic crap. You know that.
0: I know. I know. The other thing, too, beige is I should I make the Jolly Rancher cocktail?
1: Yes. Now, is this like—is this green apple or is it yes, cherry? Yes, it's green apple. Okay. It's
0: green apple.
1: I love a green apple.
0: Right on. You know,
1: I bought a what the heck did? Oh, I bought a thing of Jolly Ranchers the other day, oh, yeah. and I had them brought them to work today, and I looked at the package, and I'll be doc, doc, gosh darned if—and it was a multi assortment, you know, so yeah. it had all the flavors in there.
2: Oh.
1: And on the cover, it had a picture of a blue raspberry. And I'll be damned if I've ever seen a blue raspberry. I don't think they exist. You mean, have you ever seen a blue raspberry?
0: You mean like an actual raspberry that's a blue color? Yes. No. Why do we have blue raspberry? I feel I feel
1: like the whole world's trying to lie to us. It's like the whole thing of mini carrots,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: It's all a lie. They don't exist. It's like looking for a snipe. Pretty anyway. much. Yeah, pretty much. So, okay, there's my little bitch.
0: And, and, we, and, don't, and, and we don't th- have to
1: worry about blue raspberries because you're making green apple Jolly Rancher, not blue go. raspberry.
0: Now, is there anything else you want to uh, add? You bring out for the uh, tailgater.
1: Um, it's a long one. This some going to be like a twelve hour.
0: Yep. have some breakfast in the beginning.
1: We gonna we'll fry up some burritos.
0: Oh, I'll bring some burritos and I'll bring some uh, breakfast corn dogs.
1: Ooh, I love the breakfast corn dogs with hot maple syrup.
0: Yes, you can warm your damn syrup up. need
1: my warm syrup.
0: I know. Uh, it tastes
1: terrible when it's cold. It's like when you go to McDonald's and you get like a thing of hotcakes, you know, and they give you the, the, the maple syrup and it's just been sitting in the box. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to put that son of a bitch on a warmer. Yeah. Warm it up a little bit. I'm not paying $3 for freaking hot cakes and sausage to get cold syrup.
0: Yeah. I Pretty you, much, some right?
1: people, Yeah, some people don't have a clue.
0: Alright, Beach. Um so, so
1: a little bit of something extra. That's all don't, i don't
0: Don't have anything to add into that, then let's uh finish it off with a little Rosie Ruiz cheaters and horrors. She's just a ball. She's a ball.
1: You know, I was thinking about so I was driving into work this morning and I was thinking what are we going to think about for the cheaters and whores, and and I'm driving, driving, listening to music, and I thought, you know, we talk about cheaters and whores, but we've never, you know, we didn't define it to miss be like a sports team, cheaters and whores, right? True. Have we ever have we ever said Rosie Ruiz cheaters and whores has to be an athlete cheating and being a whore? No. And and so I thought. You know, and, and being said, it's been, uh, shoot, it's been like 25 years. So, you ready for this one? Are, Fire are you there, Bill? Yeah, I'm here. Fire away. Okay. Millie Vanilli was a West German-based R&B pop and dance music project created by Frank Farian in Munich in 1988. The group was formed with Fab Morvan and Rob Pilatus. Uh The group's debut album, "Girl, You Know It's True," it's it's like it's like I have a hard time saying it without going, "Girl, you know it's true." Anyway, ooh, uh, ooh, achi- <laughs>
2: ooh I love you.
1: They achieved international success and earned them a Grammy Award for Best New Artist on the 21st of February 1990. Milli Vanilli became one of the most popular pop acts in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Their success turned to infamy when the Grammy Award was withdrawn after Morvan and Pilatus and their agent Sergio Vendero confessed that Morvan and Pilatus didn't actually sing the lead vocals on the record. The group recorded a comeback album in 1998, but Rob Pilatus died before the album was released. Actually, a very sad story. He died of uh, pretty much drugs and alcohol, I think.
0: Yeah, he was...
1: Um, and then he was... Yeah, and then he was also got caught for, I think, assault and then also a couple of robberies. Yeah. But what was interesting on this, I read, is that according to VH1's Behind the Music, the single Girl You Know It's True was first produced by Jesse Powell and had already been completed before Rob Pilatus and Fab Morvin were recruited. Frank Farian felt that no efforts should be focused on refining Pilatus and Morvin's voices. Farian added his own studio augmented voice to the recordings, using backup singers to hide the other two members' voices live. In 2011, Morvin claimed that Farian manipulated the two by giving them a small advance when he signed them. The pair spent most of it on clothes and hairstyling. Then several months later, Farian called them back and told them they had to limp-sync to, uh, to the pre-recorded music or, per the contract, repay the advance in full. So Morvan said, we were not hired, we were trapped, which I thought is kind of an interesting thing. So they gave him money, they were going to use him, gave him money, and then when they said, oh, by the way, you're not really singing, we're just going to have you lip-sync and you got to fake the whole thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they were in debt. So how, how do they get out? they like, we can't pay you back, we don't have any money. Mm. So ki- kind of a, a, a side, you know, you kind of thought it was all a big scam, but it's, you know, they, they almost, I think, got scammed in it as well. Yeah but still doesn't change the fact they they went along with it and they became cheaters and whores.
0: yeah I, I mean I feel st- <laughs> but the, the, the this is what got me about it because you remember at the time um, once it came out because they won the Grammy for the best new artist mm-hmm. they took those away and then I don't remember was it Sony that put it out
1: uh, you know it doesn't say here I don't what, have what, that whatever
0: record company they actually bought back the cassettes and CDs really yeah and and to me I knew people that sold it back and I still got it on CD we're listening to it right now i, I you know
1: i y- you know you laugh at the fact that essentially the the public got you duped. know, they, yeah, we got duped on it. It doesn't change the fact that the music was good music.
0: Yeah, it's still good, catchy pop songs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge pop music fan, but I probably listened to a little bit more pop back in the 80s than, than I did in the 90s. You know, I mean, I listen to New Kids on the Block, I'm, I'm not ashamed. Yeah. But, uh, but Millie Vanilli, you know, it wasn't my favorite, but they had, a, I think, two or three songs on there that were actually kind of catchy. Mm-hmm.
0: So I love Blame It on the Rain.
1: Yeah, you know I like um, uh, bare naked ladies. Uh, in one of their songs, they reference that they're like, Millie Vanille taught us to blame it on the rain, but if you blame it on the rain, tell me what can
0: be gained. So, if all else fails, won't you blame it on me?" Yeah, so, like said, I said, yeah. "That's a great song."
1: Yeah, no, no extra charge on the podcast for my singing this today. So oh, nice. Just letting that's everybody that's know.
0: Yeah. Often Nice, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. There you go.
0: All right, Beach, good cheaters and whores this week.
1: Well, you know, I'm trying to bring it up. You know, I've been, I've been actually trying to find a bowling cheaters and whores, you know, because nothing better than to make fun of a guy who bowls and, Jeez. you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, keep looking, keep looking. <laughs> All right, Beach, you got anything to else, else to add to the show today? Uh, you know what, dude? I am stoked
1: for nachos on Saturday.
0: I am too. I am too. And I'll get a good, I want to get a good citrusy uh, marinade for the chicken too, so.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: All right, Beach. Well, I would like to thank everyone for listening to show number 66 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, which we don't have anymore. How about uh, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com to send us an email. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgater, and also check out the Facebook. You can message us on any of those things. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. And remember, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Now, uh, Beach, thanks for being here again.
1: Uh, You know what? I try to show up every time you ask me to, Billy. It's always good, Beach. Unless I'm in Germany.
0: There you go. So next week we'll be on to show number 67. Uh, We'll do a little more Beavers news. We'll recap week 8 and look forward to week 9 in the Pac-12. And we will also look at the Utah game that will be coming up on Halloween. You know, that would be a great... Well, first
1: game is first. But uh,
0: Take care of Colorado.
1: Yeah, yeah, but
0: Take care of Colorado. Utah be fun game. Yep. All right, so let's finish it off with a great big Go Beeves.
1: Hey, sexy bitch boy, what are you doing?
0: I was watching stuff here. And say something. Something. Hold on. Oh, cool. Nice.
1: Whisk whisk is fine. How's it? Something's fine, but whisk is
2: quicker.
0: Suicide. There's no way better. Good. We're recording.
1: Am I coming in clear? You are
0: coming in clear. Although I need to turn you down because you are quite loud in or, my ear.
1: Or I like it when he goes, I got no snare in my headphones. Oh, there you go. Can you name Man. that? That was my m right there. Oh. Where's my snare? I got no snare in my headphones. Oh, there, oh, there you go. All right. So I got to get my, I listened to us for the first time last Oh yeah, you think I need to improve my performance.
0: That's what she said.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. She didn't say anything cuz she wasn't in the room.
0: <laughs> do you have your uh, thing ready to go?
1: Um yeah, I'm going to kind of fake it today. I don't have a lot. Hold on here,
0: I got to do something.
1: I actually have an interesting one. It's an actual real life. You know, I think sometimes you got to throw in like an update from Eugene that's actually real.
0: Um, Do you have a Rosie Ruiz?
1: Uh, Kind of. I'm, I'm pulling this one out of my ass, too. I decided to switch it up a little bit. It's a different type of cheater and whore than we're used to.